We open on top of a fog-wrapped building in downtown St. Fleur, looking up at the sky where sunlight can barely filter through the gray clouds. Our view follows the heavy snow down, following its trajectory through the roof and into the penthouse, where our camera pans around the room. Alistair's wrists show burns, and Victor's are still bound behind his back. The two stuck between two demons, two hunters, and a minor league baseball player stepping out of the elevator. We zoom down the elevator shaft and into the back street bean, where Jeremiah has set up shop in the corner booth, his coffee barely touched as he's doing research on his laptop on how to locate Fatima Sanchez, the brigade leader. We pass through to the alley, where Alex is leaning against the wall, his face paler than normal, and Anna Rosenberg, the housemaid he fed on a week ago, approaching from the other end of the alley. We turn around and walk out to the pavement in front of the building, where our camera closes in on Silk standing outside. So Silk, Victor is nowhere to be seen, and Alex, after finding the notebook of Castawit, our supernatural community's favorite private eye, stumbled into the alley looking a little off balance. So what are you going to do? So did I see Alex uh, walk into the alley, or uh, did he run off while I wasn't looking? I assumed you saw him because I don't think he was being particularly sneaky about it. No. Then I will at least go check in on Alex then. Alex, where are you going? And I think Alex is kind of like staring down the alleyway uh, where he saw Anna. It's kind of like shakes his head a little bit and looks back over at Silk. Ah, uh, just I think a little under the weather. It'll be fine. It'll pass soon. Well, um, do you need someone to hold your hair or something? No. Was Alex still holding that notebook that Cass had left or did Silk get that? I think Alex still had it. And I think he kind of like looks at it for a second and looks back over at Silk. There are more important things to worry about right now. Would you do me a favor and try and get in contact with Victor? Well, I, I assume he's still somewhere nearby. Um, I think I might be able to find him. So, what I would like to do is... Victor ate from my table uh, not very long ago. In certain fey terms, he belongs to me, at least a little bit. And I would like to see if I can draw on that connection and find him. In other words, I would like to let it out and extend my supernatural senses. Roll to let it out. That is a hard miss. That is a four. Silk, you reach out with your fae senses trying to find Victor, who you were with not too long ago. You start to almost pick up on a trail, and then you find yourself blocked. Like something interfered, and your phone starts ringing again. All right, then I will answer the phone. Hello? Silk, I thought I said, make it sooner rather than later. I thought Faye normally kept their word. I haven't broken it yet, have I? You're not focused on the task at hand. It will get done. It better. This is, uh... Isabel, right? Yes, the phone call is from Isabel Lane, our chaplain in Five Points, who is part of Fleur's Watch, and had previously asked you to go get Fatima Sanchez and bring her to Point Claire. And if I remember right, I failed on the hit the street, so I have no idea who she is. In order to make sure I keep my promise, I need to take some sort of step here. Um, Basically, what just happened is somehow Isabel is interfering with your fey magic. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not keeping my promise, according to her. Yes, you're not doing what she asked you to do immediately. <sighs> All right, I, I will 
Could you tell me a little bit more about who my target is? Is she just some mortal, or is she uh, more like one of my kind? She is mortal, but I wouldn't call her just some mortal. She is the leader of a hunter coalition, and incredibly dangerous. Lovely. Well, if she's mortal, then I might have ways of finding her. Uh, Give me a few moments, I have a few phone calls to make. I would like to hit the streets for my new uh, mortal contact that I just made a few episodes ago. I believe her name was Celia. Yes, Celia Mendoza. Let's see. And she is mortal, I believe. Yes. When you hit the streets to get what you need, name who you're going to and roll with their faction. So in your words, what do you need? So I am trying to find out who Fatima is so I can start the process of getting her to the church since that was my promise and I have to go deal with that. But it's not something that I want to do right now because I do want to find Victor. So trying to do this through proxies. All right. Fair enough. All right. So let's see if my dice still suck. Yeah, I'm not rolling all that well today. The phone rings. And then you get the voicemail. Hello, you have reached Celia Mendoza, sole proprietor of Mendoza's Mentionables. I am currently unavailable. Please leave a message and I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. Well, hello, Celia. Um, I actually have something that I'm hoping you can help me with. I'm looking for someone that might move around in similar circles as you. Namely, um, someone by the name of Fatima. If you happen to know how I might find her, please give me a call back and, um... Maybe we can make arrangements on a quid pro quo. And Silk hangs up. Alex, were you doing anything while Silk was making these phone calls? Yeah, yeah, kind of depends. Um, so first off, is Anna still just hanging out at the end of the alleyway or did she... You noticed that when Silk came down the alleyway, she like stepped out of it. But you can smell that she's not left. Cool. We'll just put a pin in that. Because uh, with Silk trying to find Victor and apparently not doing such a great job at it, I'm going to move on to my other uh, contact who I know can do magical stuff, and I'm going to try and give Alistair a call. And as we see Alex choose Alistair's contact out of his phone, our scene shifts back up to the penthouse, where... Alistair, you just burned off the ropes that were binding your wrists. Your phone starts ringing from your pocket. I look from the demons surrounding me down to my pocket, and then back to the demons, and I'm just like, do you mind if I take that? I feel like this has got to be a move. I could see it either be keep your cool or persuade an NPC. The only thing is, like, you're not promising or threatening anything. Yeah, keep your cool seems to fit better. So when things get real and you keep your cool, tell the MC what situation you want to avoid and roll with spirit. I would like to avoid them attacking me while I see who's trying to call me. Like, Alistair doesn't get a lot of phone calls, so if something's going on, or if somebody's calling him, something's most likely going on. All right, go ahead and roll with spirit. And I think you're plus one from foresight applies here since you're kind of trying to avoid being attacked 
Fair enough. That makes it an 11. All right. So on a 10 plus, all's well. So Kyle, like, tightens the grip on his bat for, like, a second, and you think maybe he's going to lunge at you. And then he just starts laughing. (laughs) Oh, you have some guts, kid. Sure. Go ahead. Take the call. Yes, Guts, and I'd rather not see them spilled out across your floor, but we'll get to that in a moment. And Alistair, like, puts up a finger towards the people that are intending him harm, pulls his phone out of his pocket, and with a slide of his thumb, answers the call. Hello. Hello, Alistair. Uh, Sorry to bother you at this particular time. Hopefully you're not in the middle of anything important. No, no, it, it it can wait. I seem to have a small problem, and I was wondering if you could help with it. That would depend on the nature of the problem. A friend of mine appears to be missing, and I had asked Victor to keep an eye on her, and I suspect that has gone poorly. Something tells me it has. And Alistair, like, side-eyes Victor in the chair. I understand that you are quite adept at the arcane arts, and I was wondering if you would be able to find someone using a possession of theirs. Yes, that is within my purview. Fantastic. Where can I meet you? Since it's been like a month since we last recorded the last episode, I don't remember, like, what is the name of the building we're in? I don't think I ever actually named it. It's owned by the Mercier Property Group. And it's a fancier building, so the Rose Garden. Yes, I'm at the Rose Garden. I've got some business to attend to with Jonathan's boyfriend. Uh, Shouldn't take me more than a couple of minutes if you'd like to meet me here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's very close to where I'm at, right? You are literally in the alley next to the building. Yeah, I, I had thought so. Uh, so Alex is just kind of kind of look over to the side at the entrance. You know what? I'll be there in a few minutes. In that case, perhaps you wouldn't mind to meet me up in the penthouse? And question for the MC. Because there's a bunch of spooky fog. Cass kind of went missing from here. Is that fog more dense uh, up or is it just kind of dispersed? It is more dense up. And I'm going to kind of look up. Alistair? Yes. Very simple. Yes or no question. Are you okay? Maybe. And I hang up the phone. I think Alex just turns out of the alleyway and grabs uh, Silk by the uh, elbow, and he is heading straight into the lobby. All right, so we're going to focus on Alistair and Victor for a moment. So, Alistair, as you hang up that phone call... Kyle has put the bat over his shoulders and draped his arms around it, but you can tell he could still very quickly move to back to using it as a weapon. So, do we have some other company arriving? I have some friends that need my attention once I'm done with you. And you said you're here because of Jonathan? Yes, he uh, wanted me to let you know that he's sorry for whatever issues the two of you have been going through, and somehow I got wrapped up in all of this, so if you'd 
allow me to take my dear puppy friend here and we'll just be on our way. Deal? I would like you to roll to persuade an NPC. Okay. Victor growls under his breath at that. That's an eight. So on a hit, they do what you ask. On a seven to nine, they modify the terms or demand a debt. How about this? I'm under the impression that these two, and he gestures towards the demon twins, who both kind of like step back a little afraid when he gestures towards them, merely have a case of mistaken identity going on here. But I'm always interested in finding out what other players are on the stage. So we hang out here until your other friends get up here. I just make a couple of introductions of myself, and then everyone goes along their own way, none for the worse wear. Can I roll to figure him out to find out if he's telling the truth? Um, sure. Or rather, does it seem like he's telling the truth, or would I need to roll for that? I mean, he's definitely modifying the terms. Like, you get the feeling that he's not being dishonest with you. Now, he might not be telling you the whole truth, but he does intend to let you go. He just wants to see who else is coming up here. Okay, I'd still like to figure him out because there's some interesting questions there. All right, go for it. That's a 13. I've apparently got all the good luck today. You do. So on a hit, hold two. Okay, first one's going to be, what's your character hoping to get from this interaction. So as you are settling back, observing him, it occurs to you that right now, every major faction is represented in this room. And he seems to be well connected. But you hadn't heard of him as a player on the supernatural stage before. So he must just be newly into flexing his strength, so to speak. Obviously, he has power because two full-fledged demons who are pretending to be humans are working for him and scared of him, but he doesn't have the connections he needs yet, and he's hoping to get more connections out of this. All right. And then secondly, how could I get your character to make up with Jonathan so that I can get inside of that country club? Do you ask him that? Yeah, I think at that point, Alistair just sort of, like, settles back into his chair, and he's like, So, while we're on the subject of honesty, what's going on between you and our dear friend Jonathan? He seemed quite upset, and I don't like it when my friends are upset. I'm not sure that you're exactly Jonathan's friend. I haven't heard him mention you before, but evidently I don't know as much about Jonathan as I thought I did. There is someone who he's working for on the side. I don't know who, and he won't tell me. And last night, I find out that he is at Fen's Club, of all places, on business. Just as a reminder, Fen is the established vampire that has a brood in St. Fleur, and Jew is their brother. Fen's kind of evidently got a lot of power. And he continues to lie to me and say that he was just out having fun, just a night on the town with the boys. And I'm not okay with him being involved in all of this and not telling me the truth. I'm a little bit too possessive for that. Yes, I can see that. Kyle actually smiles when you say that. 
if he comes to me and tells me the truth and begs for my forgiveness and says he'll stop working for whoever he's working for, then yeah, I'd let him back in. And on that note, let's cut to Alex and Silk down in the lobby. Now, I've never been in this building or uh, or at least not recently. Is this the kind of deal where you've got like a concierge right at the front or is this just kind of like a big like office building setup? So basically the bottom floor, like the injury ground floor where you come in at is like a mall. There is a lot of different stores. There's a coffee shop. The headquarters of the St. Fleur Supernatural Society is kind of all in this area. And then there is an office for the Mercier Property Group who owns this building. And it is back in that office that the elevators to get to the residential levels are. Well, that's exactly where we're going then. And assuming no one stops me, I'm just heading straight for the elevators. As you go into the property group office, you see Anna Rosenberg sitting at the front desk. You know, that's fine. I mean, that might work out in our favor. You know, we had a kind of a, an interesting interaction last time uh, we met. So I think the plan still kind of stands unless Anna's actually stopping me. I am still heading for the elevator. She lets you go to the elevator. You need a key to get into the elevator. <sighs> need a little assistance there, Mr. Juro? If you would be so kind, Miss Rosenberg. I have a friend waiting for me upstairs. The penthouse, I presume, then? Indeed. And she calls the elevator and steps into it with you to escort the two of you up. That is perfectly fine with me. I do want to note, because I have interacted with her and her boss, I am definitely not turning my back on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her boss, he was like, be careful, she likes to stab things. Right? Once we're in there, is this the sort of thing where I push the button or you push the button? How does that, what's, what's the decorum here? She like, just looks at you. And pushes the button, and the door closes. Oh, so it's you push the button. Yes, I push the button. I mean, once you're in here, literally anybody can push the button, but... Look over at Silk. She pushes the button. I think Silk pushes the button. Just a random floor. Silk, we're in a hurry. Well, she said so anyone could touch it. When you say we're in a hurry, she, like, just slams her hand and hits a bunch of the other buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's fine. Is it fine, Mr. Juro? Quite. Because the first time the door opens, I'm going to push her out. You're either unleashing an attack or... I was thinking more of like a mislead distractor trick. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yep. Let's see how that works out. <sighs> that is a six. So unless a certain fae could help me push her out. Uh, I could certainly try. Uh, now how do I assist in this? So there is a move called lend a hand or get in the way. In this case, you're obviously lending a hand. So when you lend a hand after a PC has rolled, roll with their faction. Uh, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see how this rolls. Hey! On a hit, give them a plus one or a minus two to their roll, which then brings Alex's roll up to a seven to nine. And then on a seven to nine, you expose yourself to danger, entanglement, or cost. So, Alex, go ahead and pick your two options from mislead, distract, or trick someone. And then I'll explain what happens due to Silk's seven to nine. I would like to create an opportunity, uh, that being that we get up to the penthouse without Anna. 
And I think I would like to avoid further entanglement with her, at least for the moment. So we get this scene of the door opening and Alex starts to shove Anna out, but she like catches her fingertips into like the crack with the elevator door to like hold on and try to push herself back in. And then she sees Silk starting to move to assist and like give that final shove out. And when Silk goes to do that, she just lets go and steps out. So Silk tumbles out with her and the door closes, leaving Alex going by himself up to the penthouse. And Silk on this random floor with Anna Rosenberg. Have fun, you two. Oh, well, I wasn't looking forward to using the stairs today, but... I thought he was supposed to be a courteous vampire. (laughs) Well, uh, you'll find us types to be multifaceted. Rosalie doesn't pay me enough to take that many flights of stairs, and let's be honest, I don't feel like dealing with Kyle today anyways. Oh, uh, name drop. Lovely. Um, could I possibly put a face to a name there? Yes. Roll with wild. That is 11. Oh, this is exciting. On a hit, you know their reputation. So, Silk, you run with other fae and the like sometimes. You schmooze a lot. And you've heard about Kyle. Kyle was, up until recently, just your standard, small-time shortstop for the minor league baseball team of St. Fleur. And then he met a demon. A demon who promised him fame and fortune and power. And all he needed in return from Kyle was a soul or a hundred, maybe. The details were to be sorted out later. Kyle is very early in his contract with this demon, and whoever he picked up demon-wise is strong. And then on a 10+, plus, you've dealt with them before, learned something interesting and useful about them, or they owe you a debt. I'm gonna have to go with the debt. I love debts. All right. What have you done for Kyle's swim? Let's see. So many different ways I can take this. I could have helped him with his baseball career. That's a pretty obvious one. Yeah, let's let's go with that. I think I introduced him to uh, the scout that finally let him go professional. All right. Let him onto the St. Fleur Roses. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I could have... hmm. Can I steal someone's baseball skills and give them to someone else? Sure. Why not? Sure. That sounds like a very fey thing to do. Let's do that. All right. So Kyle. Yeah, you you know Kyle from before all the demon stuff and... He owes you because he wouldn't be where he is today without you. Oh, I I love that. Kyle. Kyle is the one in the penthouse. Well, I, I wasn't expecting him. He's still only minor league, isn't he? I don't think I poached a professional for him. He'd owe me quite a bit more than that. What's currently on our floor? Or can I possibly make something up? It's like you're in an apartment building, so it's kind of standard hallways with doors, with numbers, and apartments. Okay. Anna, was it? Have you had lunch yet? And, um, I think I'm going to go have lunch with Anna if she's okay with that. I think when you ask that, have you had lunch, there's kind of like a bit of an audible growl from her stomach. No, I haven't. Um, sure. Let's, let's go have lunch. I'm sure you and I can find plenty to talk about. Of course. Um, I believe there's a three-star restaurant in here somewhere? Uh, it's not my usual fare, but near enough. 
Are you paying? Of course. Okay, then. Sure, let's let's go to the Taste of Mercy. And as the two of you start heading that way, we switch back to Alex, whose elevator has arrived to the penthouse floor. So when this thing opens up, give me a, just a very brief rundown of what's going on at the moment. All right, so the elevator doors opens right into the front room, sitting room of this penthouse. It's really fancy and think kind of like that floor that slightly sinks down in the middle with like those couple of steps that looks extra fancy. Victor is tied to a chair. Alistair is standing there with burnt wrists talking to Kyle, who has his bat draped over his shoulders. There are two brigade hunters who look very confused about what's going down right now. And then two people who look like maybe they're twins, but one has shifted into a demon form with like Medusa-esque hair. Cool. So I think there's just a beat where Alex kind of takes that in. And then just very casually going to walk towards Victor. Hello, Victor. Alex. And uh, kind of ignoring the rest of the room for the moment. You had one job. Do you remember what that job was? Yeah, I remember. Yes, keep an eye on Cass. Where's Cass? Not in here. So you are not, in fact, keeping an eye on her, then? Would you prefer her in here? And as as I'm talking, I'm just kind of directly heading over towards there. And when I get to the chair, is he just like, is this just like rope or what is this? Have they chained him at all? It is rope, but it's not normal rope. You can tell that when you get over there. It's been reinforced with something. They use just regular rope on Alistair, but they could kind of tell what Victor was and weren't that dumb. And last question, what kind of chair is this? It is like they pulled a kitchen chair into here. So it's like a just straight back hardwood chair. So I'm going to kind of stand there with one arm on the back of this chair looking over at Victor. I see you've made some friends. And at which point I'm going to try and basically uh, lift the chair slightly and then kick down through the seat to snap the back off, which will at least let Victor not be tied to a chair. I feel like this is a let it out. I feel like that's fair. Okay, roll to let it out. That is a seven. So on a hit, choose one and mark corruption. I don't know if this is frightening, impressing us or, uh, or intimidating or if this is taking definite hold of something. I just know at the end of this... I do want Victor to not be at least fully tied to a chair, but it would probably be one of those two. Yeah, I think you're taking definite hold of something vulnerable or exposed. Yeah, that makes sense. Kyle still just looks mostly amused by this situation, and he turns to you, Alistair, and says, So are you all going to properly introduce yourselves now and hold up your end, and then I'll just let you all walk out of here? I'm going to bum rush him and grab him by the throat. As Victor's doing that, Alistair stands up and says, Yes, I'm Alistair Lockwood of the St. Fleur Lockwoods, Master of the Arcane Arts. Victor, are you trying to inflict harm? Or I guess, what's your goal of this bum rushing and grabbing by the throat? Gosh, I, that's a good fucking question. Victor is trying to take control of the situation. I don't think he cares too much about hurting Kyle in this very moment. So probably not intending to do tons of harm. Probably will still do some harm, but like uh, 
grab someone by the throat with human hands and hit them with a wall. So maybe one arm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm trying to decide how this would work because I'm trying to decide if you're unleashing an attack or I could also see this being in a roundabout way escaping a situation. I like unleash a little bit better for this. Like I pull the gun out of my boot, grab him by the throat, put the gun to his chest and like push him against the wall. And then like what I do if I succeed is take something from him, control of the situation. So go ahead and roll with blood. That is a nine. All right. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established. We agreed this was one harm because you're in human form and just like kind of knocking him around. Quick question. Would I be able to lend a hand on this? Yes, but how? Well, he's bum rushing Kyle. Is there any way that I can just say Alistair was like distracting him or taking his attention away? Something like that? Or does it need to be more active? No, that's fine. Go ahead and roll to lend a hand. That's a seven. Okay, so on a hit, give them a plus one or minus two to their roll. On a seven to nine, you expose yourself to danger, entanglement, or cost. In case it wasn't clear, I will give him a plus one to that roll. All right, so Victor, that brings you up to a ten. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one. I'm going to take something from him, control of this conversation. All right, so Victor, as you rush in and like bang him up against the wall you feel like things turn in your favor but you also feel like you actually did no damage at all to this kid which you should have but he looks none the worse for wear and doesn't fight you back either alistair you are going to owe kyle a debt okay because you and him had an agreement and you helped victor explicitly break that agreement therefore you did as well Yeah, that tracks. Kyle looks at you, Victor, and says, well, that's an introduction. Just as a quick aside, how are the other four people in the room uh, reacting to this? (laughs) The two demons haven't moved yet, but the hunters have both, like, pulled their guns and have them trailed on Victor. But they're both, like, looking nervously at each other because they're not going to move faster than Victor. But they're also, like, looking to Kyle for some sort of signal. You get the feeling that Kyle is the one who is in control of the four of them. And right now, Victor is in control of Kyle. That is fair. Just wanted to check in. Can I do one more thing? Yeah. Since Alistair is sort of removed from like where Victor's at, can I pull out my uh, magical focus gun and point it at one of the guys pointing a gun at Victor and channel my magic in the other hand to sort of like Mexican standoff this situation. Yes. Go ahead and roll your channeling. That's a 12. So what do you get on a 10 plus? On a 10 plus, I get to hold three. I think that's it. Yeah, I just hold three. So Alex, you broke a chair. Alistair, you have your gun pulled and magic primed to go. Both the hunters are pointing guns at Victor. Victor has a gun to Kyle's head. Kyle dropped his bat in the process of getting slammed into the wall. And the demon twins are kind of just chilling. If you will excuse me, I did come here for a reason, Victor. I'm busy. And I kind of look back over at the uh, the guards and the demons. Can you believe this? The hunters are really like just real confused about this entire thing. But the girl demon, Medea is her name. She just kind of chuckles and goes, well, that's what you get for dealing with... uh, 
puppies. I have by and large found the Margaret family to be more or less efficient, given the task. Kyle looks at you, Victor. So what do you want to do? Me and mine are going to leave here just fine. Yeah, that's what I agreed to. So let's see. I Alistair Lockwood, Margaret, I'm assuming you're the police chief's son. I think the only introduction I'm missing is your friend who broke the chair. Ah, uh, my apologies. Alex Giraud, I run a bookstore uh, up on Point Claire. You should stop by sometime. I most certainly will. And Kyle gestures for the hunters to stand down. And they both lower their guns. Very uneasy, though, since Alistair still has his gun out. As they're lowering his, Alistair responds in kind. I cock back the hammer of my snub-nosed revolver. Now, I'm going to walk to the elevator. You're going to come with me. Alex, Alistair, let's leave. Oh, of course, that's what I came here for. Yeah, I've sort of been planning on that myself. I'd like you to persuade an NPC through threats. Yes, please. Um, that's a five. As you say that, Victor, Kyle at first nods, and you think he's agreeing to go, but as he like his head comes back up, you see that his eyes have turned bright red. And wings explode from, like, his back, which he uses to push himself off the wall, shoving you forward and sliding across the room. Take one harm. You got it. This is a great spot to hop over to Silk and his lunch date. Yeah, I I don't really have anything planned with uh, Anna at this point. I think we're just having a nice lunch. Though I guess I could ask her if she knows who Fatima is. So you and Anna are sitting down for lunch. Anna ordered an inordinate amount of food. And I think she has like half of a roll in her mouth. She's not a dainty eater. And you ask her who Fatima Sanchez is, right? Mm-hmm. She kind of pauses and then like big as she swallows the bread and then says, yeah, she uh, she's a dangerous one what do you want with her oh someone wants her and um i have been tasked to bring her there i've never actually met the person so that makes it a bit more difficult you'd think that someone who was so dangerous would be on my radar but never even heard of her she's smart about how she plays her hand um i mean i could help get you an introduction, but I don't see what's in it for me. What faction is she again? Is she mortality? She's power. Power. Well, why don't we actually, you know, do some moves here? I would like to try and figure her out. All right, roll with mind. Aha, uh-huh, that is a four. I know nothing about her. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to, like, small talk and try and get information out of her, and I'm getting absolutely nothing. I guess the only thing I can do right now is just ask her straight out. Well, um, what could I possibly do to make it worth your while, then? Well, have you met Rosalie Mercier yet? Yes, um, we've, uh, spent time at the country club together. Well, I am directly in her employ for a variety of tasks, including, right now, stalking your friend Alex. Well, um... He doesn't really do all that much interesting things to stalk him for. Are you trying to find out anything in particular, or are you just trying to find 
racy photos of him. If it's the latter, I can help you with that. As tempting as that is, no, Rosalie merely wants me to keep an eye on him as she says it, and, well, it's getting dreadfully boring. And I have some things of my own that I need to take care of. But I wouldn't dare disappoint Miss Mercier. Well, if you're trying to find something interesting with Alex, I bet if we head up to the penthouse ourselves, we'll find something interesting. Yes, and some hunters and some demons, and I'm just really... I'm not in the mood today. If you would be such a doll as to provide me some updates on him and what he's doing for the rest of the day, and, you know, maybe let me still have another favor or two on you, I could get that meeting set up while taking care of my own business as well. That does seem reasonable. Uh, do you prefer your updates minute by minute, five minutes, hourly? I don't think my thumbs can type fast enough for a, you know, secondly updates, but I can try. Every ten minutes is good. Keep in mind you're going to get a lot of Alex is being boring, Alex is being boring, Alex is being boring. You know, give it a bit more than that. Even if you think something is boring, go ahead and give me a little bit more detail. Uh, then I think we have a deal. Perfect. Um... She gives you her phone number and says, I will get something set up as soon as I can with Miss Sanchez for you. Lovely. Um, are you going to finish that? And I, like, sneak food from her plate. As you take that food from her plate and she just kind of chuckles, and then she hands you the elevator key card. Here, consider it a gift to ensure a job well done. Wonderful. Well, all of my jobs are well done. Well, I have some business to attend to then. I will call you when I have that meeting set up. Of course. Thank you very much. She uh, immediately gets a text of Alex is in the penthouse. Probably being boring. So we cut to Jeremiah sitting in the corner booth of the Backstreet Bean doing research. He's got his laptop out, an uh, ever-growing pile of coffee cups next to him. Uh, apparent he's been there for quite a while since uh, Felicia left. Yep. What do you want to do? I want to call Victor. Jeremiah, you call Victor. Victor, as you go skidding back from Kyle's attack, you feel your phone start vibrating. Victor nurses a Bruce shoulder. That's an interesting trick. Looks down at his phone to see who's calling. It's Jeremiah. He just pockets his phone. He can't answer right now. Jeremiah, you get some long rings and then a nondescript. You've reached the voicemail box of 555-555-5555. Please leave a message. Uh, Victor, old boy. Um, I guess I appear to have caught you at a bad time. Uh, there's a couple questions I need to ask of you. So, uh... When you do have a moment to listen to this message, please give me a call back. Thank you. And they'll hang up again. Uh, what do I want to do next? Oh, I know. I will call Silk. Silk, after you send that text message of Alex is upstairs in the penthouse, your phone starts ringing. Collector old boy is what I have him under uh, on the phone. And I pick up. Hello. Silk speaking. How can I help you? Silk, uh, I was wondering if I could ask you for a favor. Well, I'm sort of in the middle of a couple things right now. Um, but what is it that you need help with? Uh, I just need a bit of help locating Fatima Sanchez. I saw a little bit 
earlier today, but I've lost track of her. Well, good news. I'm actually on the hunt for her as well. Is your uh, business with her of the violent type by any chance? Oh, I just need to see her. Well, I might be able to help you out with that. The wheels are working uh, to get me a meeting with her. At the moment, I don't know where she is. But once I have a lead, I could let you know. That would be great. So I'm cashing in a debt on Silk. My last debt. To get information on Fatima when he knows it. Yeah, uh, I will definitely do that. Is there a way for me to get your plans with her? Yeah, you can try to figure someone out for other PCs. So let's do that. Oh, hey, look at that. That is a natural 12. How could I get your character to tell me your plans with Fatima? You could get me to tell you my plans with Fatima if you promised me a interesting lead and an artifact. Well, um, Jeremiah, I'm actually on my way up to the penthouse of the, the Mercier building where I believe there will be a number of demons and some members of the brigade. Um, perhaps they might have a few interesting toys uh, that you might be interested in. Now, Silk, old boy, does this happen to involve uh, exchanging blows? Well, I mean, demons are demons. They have to have their fun. Well, I don't have all my equipment on me. I suppose I can skulk around if things seem to be uh, a little heated and uh, pocket a few things I happen to see along the way. Well, I'm on my way up there in just a moment after I finish lunch, and I will. I could let you know uh, if I find anything interesting. Oh, yes, that would uh, be greatly appreciated. Lovely. Well, I will do that, but I do want to know what your plans are with Fatima. Um, I've been tasked with a certain fate for her, and I need to make sure that you aren't going to be interfering with that. Well, uh, I do need to, uh, see her from a distance first, and then I need to get some, uh, concessions out of her. She did happen to cross some, uh, unspoken boundaries recently, and I do believe she and her goons need to, to be reminded what happens when those boundaries are crossed. She will still be talking afterwards. Then I do not believe we will be at odds. So, um, in fact, whatever it is that you're banning might even be of assistance to me. And I think that's all I need from this call. Jeremiah is good. I'm going to call the check here in a moment, and I will go meet with our friends in the penthouse. Um, do have a good day. Yes, uh, I do believe I will. All right, and our camera lingers on Jeremiah. Is there anything else you want to do before this episode comes to a close? No, I think that's it. So we get those couple of shots of Jeremiah finishing that last cup of coffee, packing up his stuff, and heading out to his car. And as he walks out, our camera shifts to focusing on Anna Rosenberg, who is parked not too far from Jeremiah, sitting in her own car. And on her phone screen, we see the name Fatima Sanchez, and we can see an inaudible conversation taking place. Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at St. Fleur Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Today, we'd like to thank our newest patron, Weston Lee Humphreys, who is an artist, designer, and storyteller. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at BraveRun underscore WLH. Are you unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast emceed and edited by Caitlin Cornell. You can find her on Twitter at SuperCaitlin1. Alistair, the only person who is either stupid enough or brave enough to take a phone call in the middle of a dicey situation, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who has big, irritated babysitter energy when around Silk and Anna, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayuFace. Silk, who carries racy photos of all of his friends just in case of blackmail emergencies, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who managed to single-handedly derail a very peaceful negotiation, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore J-E. And finally, Jeremiah, who was suspiciously absent for most of this episode, is voiced and played by Matthew. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark D.S. Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. The intro music used in this episode is Epic Unease by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at encompotech.com. The outro music used in this episode is Dark Carnival VL by Paratoon. You can find their work at paratoon.com. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur.